Hello and welcome to episode five of Terrace Memoirs, Her Game 2 series, which is the latest delve into the life of a football supporter. Uh, if you don't know me by now, I'm Dave Harris, Reading fan for 32 years, season ticket holder for 22. Um, today's guest is a Swansea City fan. Um, and given what's been going on in Euro 2020, it seems quite a timely moment to hypothetically head over the Seven Bridge after <laughs> yesterday's results uh, ensured Wales' progress to the last 16. Tremendous feat, once again, following on from their epic journey during Euro 2016. Uh, and many congratulations go to them for that after competing in what was uh, a really uh, extremely competitive group. Uh, secondly, uh, I had the opportunity for another footballing first in my lifetime yesterday, being given the opportunity to witness Hartlepool United play in the flesh for the first time. I'd never seen them before. Um, and uh, congratulations are extended to them also for regaining their place in the EFL after their I think everybody will agree, extremely dramatic uh, match against Torquay United. Uh, I was in the Torquay end, thanks to a good friend of mine, and witnessed three mega bounces, hashtag bounce watch, uh, when Hartlepool scored, uh, had their penalty, uh, well, the penalty save to win the game, and of course, when Torquay equalised in the 95th minute through their goalkeeper, no less. I have seen a goalkeeper score before, having been present when Adam Federici scored an injury time equaliser for Reading against Cardiff on Boxing Day 2008. So good memories of that. And of course, I'm sure um, uh, Amy today will have some good memories of playing Cardiff also. Um, so yeah, talking of memories, Swansea fan, uh, Swansea City fan, Amy Clement joins me today to regale her memories. Uh, <laughs> continuing the Her Game 2 theme, uh, she's a fellow co-creator of the Her Game 2 campaign with 11 other ladies that feature on the original video. Uh, Amy herself features as the fourth woman in the video. And you are warmly welcomed to the show. Are you well, Amy? Thank you very much. Yeah, not too bad at all. A bit tired from a busy weekend, but can't complain after the year we've had. Let's be... No, absolutely. <laughs> good, good. So talk to me about Wales first then. Uh, you, you clearly um, have, a, have an affinity with the, with the Principality. And they're doing well, aren't they? Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's so exciting to be a Wales fan at the moment. I think, obviously, I'm 26. Um, in the last sort of 10 years, I've seen such a growth in the Wales team. And then I talked to my dad, who's, you know, 58, and he can't believe what he's experiencing. You know, to me, maybe I'm taking it for granted a bit. Um, but I think considering the history, you, it's just kind of unbelievable. Um, and it's a very, very exciting time to be a Welsh fan, for sure. It, it is, absolutely. Um, and I think one of the things that, that really strikes me uh, is, you know, you look at the Wales' footballing history. Clearly, um, in competition history, they have had that, that World Cup quarterfinal in 1958, but yeah. nothing from <laughs> then until 2016. Obviously, they've had the close shaves with, with Romania uh, in 93, I think it was, for qualification yeah. to nine, uh, World Cup 94. But you've, they've always had really, really good players, haven't yeah. they, Wales? And I'm yeah. going back to the likes of John Charles, Ian Rush, Neville Southall, oh, yeah. um, Ryan Giggs, Mark Hughes. You know, the, the, the names kind of roll off the tongue. And, but, but they've never had a really, really good clutch of players at the same time yeah. that have been capable of getting to uh, uh, international competitions. They are slightly helped a little bit with the expansion of competitions now. But yeah. that doesn't detract from the fact that you've still got to qualify for them. 
absolutely um, yeah and it's 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 really pleasing to see i mean being half welsh myself as well so um, yeah <laughs> um yeah no it's uh so your so two uh euro 2020 last 16 um who are you hoping mm. for them to get well i think it's looking like russia at the moment um obviously i think denmark and finland both still there's still a chance i have a feeling but I, it does to me look like it will be russia and i'm quite all right with that i think the, the fact we finished second in the group is very very good because if we had finished in first or in third even um i think competition would have been tougher so i think russia are quite a good opposition to have i think they're a team we can beat um i mean obviously anything can happen on the day but i think it's it's given people a bit of hope that we could make it to the quarters yes absolutely i mean russia um for such a massive country they they flatter to deceive a little bit they rode the crest of the wave uh, yeah. during the last World Cup, of course, being on their own territory. Yeah. Um, but I'm I've not been overly impressed with no. Russia. In fact, I've only really been impressed with two countries during uh, during the tournament: Italy and, um, and the Netherlands, who have just yeah. also won three three nil against so Macedonia. They're very good today. Very very good. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, Russia. If they do get Russia, then uh, then you'd be you'll certainly be hoping. Oh, yeah, uh, and they're not optimistic for a, for another quarterfinal appearance at the very least. Um, <laughs> it'll be it'll be pretty damn good, and the uh, and hopefully the, uh, the 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 fan parks and the like will be open again. So you can oh, I know it's spray it's the really beer in Cardiff it. and Swansea and wherever. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, and obviously Swansea as well. Um, mm. The final hurdle, wasn't it? Again this season. Yeah. Um, Playoff heartbreak. I can't Again. lie. Um, it was rather nice to see Swansea, from from my perspective, being absolutely trounced in the first half an <laughs> hour of the playoff final. Horrible. Um, yes, yes. Welcome to my world. Oh, I know. Um, I if anybody's wondering what I'm talking about, just look back to the 2011 playoff final in, yeah, the, in the championship. Yeah, we've had history there, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but talk talk to me about Swansea season and um, and any optimism for the coming season. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it was a really good season. Um, we spent most of it in the top three. Um, and I think the problem is we sort of fell off the wagon about March time. And we had a few injury problems, particularly with strikers. Um, we also had recruited two attacking midfielders and two strikers who all went back to their respective clubs um, in the January and we managed to bring in a couple of Americans um, to replace them, but we were struck with injury there. And the depth of the squad just wasn't there um, after January. And our players burnt out, to be honest with you. We had, you know, the likes of Jamal Lowe just couldn't score a goal for a very long time. He's not a natural striker um, and he was playing in that position. We just didn't have the depth that we needed to kind of keep going with that really good run that we had our defense stayed pretty strong we had a couple of shockers Huddersfield was a good example we managed to concede four um which was crazy because by that point we had only conceded about 15 goals or something so to concede four in one game was ridiculous um but yeah it was it was a shame and we managed to hold on but the football wasn't very good for the last uh, kind of third of the season and then yeah playoffs we we put up a really good fight against Barnsley they were a really difficult side to play against as I'm sure you're aware and mm -hmm. then yeah the final we just were not good enough and actually 
you know, people, I've been on a few pods and they've said like, oh, are you sad about the final? I'm like, do you know what? No, because we just weren't good enough on the day. Uh, and we yeah. had the potential to be, but we weren't. So um, moving forward, obviously there's recruitment to be done and it's happening, which is exciting. We're still not sure about Steve Cooper, our manager. That's a whole other thing to consider. Crystal Palace have wanted him and now Fulham want him. It seems so. We'll have to wait and see if he stays or goes because I think that will be a big, um, a big thing for next season. Yeah. Okay. And um, clearly, there were a, a degree of you certainly seen a, a degree of uh, movement out of the club on the back of that um, player final defeat uh, yeah. with the likes of Andre Ayew being the standout name. Um, as uh, as loyal as he was, he was you know, having been a part of that relegation side in the Premier League. Um, and wanting to get Swansea, Swansea promoted again. Um, presumably nobody begrudges him moving on um, no. now, um, given A, his wages uh, yeah. presumably were particularly high in comparison to the rest of the squad. Um, and one of the things that I just wanted to, wanted to query was, the, uh, was the, 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 sort of the financial health of the club. Um, mm. uh, uh, clearly, a lot of Premier League clubs come down and they have to. They obviously have to go through massive financial restructuring. And Swansea had had what eight seasons in the Premier League, seven or eight seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a. It's not like a, you know, a team going up and then coming straight back down and not having to do much in the way of restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 financial uh, setup of the club was clearly Premier League. Yeah. Um, and of course, you're going into your last season now of parachute payments. The wage bill clearly has to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, but is the, is the club in a fairly healthy place or is there yeah. a little bit of trepidation? Uh, there was actually a report released about uh, the club's finances and they managed to make a profit last year somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how they've done it, um, but £2 million profit for the club, which is in the year that we've had kind of unbelievable. The, the report, staggering. <laughs> yeah, the report I saw was like, they kind of said that they just don't know how they've done it. And all the figures are on there and everything. And um, they've done really, really well there. I think obviously in the last few years, we've sold Dan James, Joe Rodon, Ollie McBurney. So there has been some kind of big sales over the mm-hmm. last five years or so. Um, so there was obviously money coming in, but yeah, like you say, Andre, um, his wage was sort of like 80,000 a week, which is a hell of a lot of money in the championship. And although, you know, he's been fantastic and, you know, he is, he was our talisman and he's Swansea through and through. He loves, he obviously loves playing at the club else. He wouldn't have stayed. Um, And it's, but it does free up a lot of wage money. Uh, And we need players. We need some depth. So it, it, it could be a positive long term I think um what do you really... think they'll end up I don't know I saw a report about Newcastle today but I I don't know I can't I can't see him in the premiership to be honest I thought maybe he would end up going maybe into Europe um but I'm not sure there's nothing there's nothing definitive at the moment be interesting yeah, I don't think he'll end up at Palace with his, with his brother I don't know I, there was rumors <laughs> of that as well and there was you know if Steve Cooper had gone there absolutely he would have taken him you know yeah yeah absolutely uh, it'd be great to see them play together as well. Again, they're they're great together. Yeah. So, so the thoughts on the coming season, obviously. Um, yeah. Um, you've, excited. you've mentioned that there's a <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you've you've mentioned that there's a there's a good uh, a, 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 a deep well a good vibe about the place, but of course, as as I mentioned, and and yeah, you know, it all depends on on a lot of the players that, that you bring in, I suppose, doesn't it? But. Uh, 
you've got the, the the good thing with with Swansea is Steve Cooper has, has started off and seemed to have you know developed a good strong base, which is always mm. the best place to start when developing yeah. a side. Yeah, and uh, so you've got the defence there in place, and uh, it's just uh, just a case of sorting out really the attack, which was. Um, I won't say I don't want to use the word un- underwhelming. That's, uh, that's probably mm. the wrong word, but uh, lacked, but lacked what, something, didn't, didn't lack it? it? <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, 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 and lacked depth as well. Like we didn't have enough options. If you know, there were that that time when we were playing in the FA Cup, and the you know the games were just coming in so thick and fast, and you could see how tired like the likes of Andre Ayew and Jamal Lowe were. And there was just no other option. We didn't have a choice but to play them really. Uh, but yeah, going forward, we've already signed a striker called uh, Josephs, I think from Wigan. Uh, Kyle Josephs, his name is. He's young, mm-hmm. yep. um, looks quite exciting. We're linked with Thomas, I want to say Henry, but it may be pronounced Henri, I'm not sure, um, from abroad, but it's looking like 5 million. And- but hopefully we will. He's a proven striker. That would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, but there's definitely still a lot of work to do. But yeah, linked with lots of attacking players, which is what what the Swans need. There's plenty of defenders there who can do the job. So it's just about mm-hmm. we need some a couple of attacking midfielders and some two or three strikers really. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who else we can grab hold of. Um, I was hoping we might be able to get someone like Nico Williams, um, but he's now going for ten million. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we'll manage <laughs> that one. But yeah. yeah, yeah, of course he's uh, he's 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 uh, with Wales, isn't he? In mm. the uh, in the Euros. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and not not doing too badly from what I've seen of him. Yeah, he's good. Um, I think he's a good player. Yeah. So what about the the ownership? Because um, obviously you were promoted last time um, with uh, with what I thought was an absolutely marvelous philosophy uh, with the ownership from Hugh Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and that that pattern of football, that pattern of managers that you had. Yeah. Um, I remember you. There was uh, Kenny Jacket uh, who got mm. you up from League Two, uh, and then Roberto Martinez really set the the play and foundations. That was carried on for a season by um, uh, Paolo Sosa, and then of course Brendan Rodgers. That yep. was when the promotion occurred, mm. um, and then when Brendan Rodgers left, um, remind me of his name. The Gary Dutchman. Monk. We had for a while then. You did, yeah, yeah. You also had the um, uh, the Dutch guy in charge. Um, it wasn't one of the De Boers, was it? I'm trying to think which one. Uh, Laudrup, that's the one. Yes, it Michael Laudrup. Laudrup. <laughs> I was like, What's his he wasn't even. He's not even Dutch. He's Danish. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, which one's Dutch? <laughs> Laudrup. Yeah, he was fantastic. He was really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But there's that pattern from, and that all stemmed from Hugh Jenkins, and the ownership changed um, midway through that Premier League stint. Um, and from memory, there were some rumblings of uh, of discontent. Um, is that all kind of resolved and and gone now, or you know, what's the kind of the fans' verdict on the on the ownership at the moment? I think um, it, having American owners is always like a problem. Regardless of who it is, I think people always are really cautious when, you know, it's announced the new owners America and everyone sort of goes, oh, no, like we don't want them. But I as personally as a fan, like I the only thing I'd like from them is, well, particularly this season is to spend some money, to be honest, because I think and I think that's what everyone's calling for. You know, Steve Cooper, like you say, he's got that base um, and we've got to the playoffs twice in a row, but he really needs something I think to boost him so we can go up 
Um, and I think we need to spend some money. And it's not very often that we do spend money. And I think that's the criticism at the moment, uh, more so than anything else. So it's not an awful yeah. place to be in. You know, people are in a lot worse places than we are. Um, but I think they do. I'm I'm pretty happy with them, to be honest. I don't have too many problems. But yeah, I would like to see the cash uh, this season. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going right. to be stuck. We're going to be stuck. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, you need to spend the money because attacking players invariably cost, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And experienced ones, you know, ones we know can deliver. That's what we need. And, you know, although we've been pulling in lots of like young loan players and developing our own at the academy, we just we just need proven strikers, proven attacking players, I think, back into the Prem so we can get the money and then build again. You know, that's what that's what that's what it's like, isn't it? As a, as a football club, that's what you've got to do. So, Swansea City fan, there's not much of a Welsh accent going on there because uh, <laughs> I believe you actually live in England. But how did you, um, yeah, how did you get get into uh, into football in general and uh, supporting the Swans? So it's quite uh, football's quite a big thing in the family. Uh, my dad is a massive football fan. He is a Swansea fan, which is where that comes from. Um, and also growing up, my dad used to take me and my brother to Man United, to Old Trafford. So mm -hmm. my, our great, my great uncle, he was a massive Man United fan. And although obviously at the time when I was younger, Swansea and Man United didn't mix. <laughs> we weren't in the mm -hmm. same pool of teams. So it was never a problem. So my dad used to take me and my brother up like to weekday games up in Manchester. I remember like he'd pick us up from school and we'd go all the way up to Manchester, like a two and a half hour journey. And he'd take us to see he called it proper football back then, obviously. Swansea <laughs> have like grown up since then, you know, so it's it's different now. But um and my brother played a lot. My brother was in like an academy. So I was always around football. And um, it's always been a part of family life, really. So it's just kind of normal for me to watch football. It's not, um, you know, it's not anything special. There's no real reason. It's just that it's always on in the house. It always has been. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of I started playing for a bit as well when I was a teenager. And mm. obviously when Swans got into the started playing some of the bigger teams you know my dad would say all right let's go so we'd start we'd go and watch swans at you know villa and west ham and stuff and yeah and then the last year really i've been able to watch every single minute of every single game and every youtube preview post-match highlights thing i could possibly imagine because i've been furloughed so yeah it's been it's always been a part of my life really but yeah much it's become more over the last year definitely yeah, sure. So, so when did the um when when did you first start um sort of going to well, obviously Man United you mentioned at the start. Yeah. But when did you first start going to going to Swansea? Was that uh, fairly early in life or? Yeah, um... I think my first game at the Liberty. I must have been about thirteen or fourteen, I think. But I had been we've been going to Old Trafford since I was about eight or nine, I think. So yeah, um, yeah. Then or was the it, yeah, I'd never been to the Vetch, so um. Yeah. I think I think I must yeah I think I was about thirteen or fourteen the first time I saw the Swans can't remember who the opposition was but it was definitely at the Liberty and I'm pretty sure my granddad came with as well and family members have season tickets there so um, I remember them being at the ground as well. Yeah, it wasn't when uh, when when Swansea beat uh, Bristol City seven nil was it? <laughs> no, I wish I'd seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> 
Okay, so um, well, what are your earliest memories of it? Can you can you remember that sort of that of first time that you caught? Yeah, and of of, of uh, yeah, and sort of first being taken to to matches and absolutely, yeah, the, the, um, the smells, the, the 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 atmosphere, the sounds, the sights, yeah, everything. everything. Loved, what can you remember? I loved going to the Liberty. The Liberty obviously is a new new stadium, if you want to call it a new stadium. Um, and I remember feeling thinking how big it felt when I first went um obviously I'd been to a lot of kind of other stadiums but I remember it felt clean and fresh and modern and it was like the first stadium I've been in where I was like wow these toilets are really nice <laughs> but it was a really, it's a really lovely experience um to go to the Liberty I find that it just feels spacious and that you don't feel too cramped and I know that you know, people love that about old stadiums, that kind of squished in feel. But I like the feel of the Liberty. I think it's lovely. It's got a big stadium feel about it. Um, and I remember thinking it was so cool. And I, I think this is, I said to my dad, like, this is the coolest stadium we've been to, I think, Dad, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, and I remember, obviously, when we got promoted in ooh, 2013, was it 2012, 2013? Yeah, that season. I remember going to the Premier League. Yes, couple of those. 2011. Games. Yeah, so that's when we started going a bit <laughs> Etched more. On my that's the one. Um, <laughs> once you know, we started going a bit more regularly. Like obviously, back then I was living at home, and I was we're in. I grew up in Northamptonshire, so we could go. Like we went to a villa a few times. I remember, you know, not too far from home. Watford was a ground we went to quite a bit as well. Not too difficult to get to, um, and yeah, just that kind of. Over those years, then in the prem, we yeah we did go to quite a few games actually, both away and at the Liberty. But um, obviously, then I moved to London, so we went to a few London games, and yeah, just just really happy memories all round, really. Yeah, did you did you find it difficult to get to Liberty Stadium games because you you lived so far away, or did you? Mm. How often was it that you uh, that you went? Um, it was more of like a special occasion thing at the Liberty. Um, you know, like if we were at my grandparents for Christmas and things, we'd always try and get tickets for one of the matches around Christmas, um, mm -hmm. you know, or if we were down uh, for Easter or something, we'd always try and get tickets there. So it's not something we would do regularly. Obviously, it's about three hours. Um, so we'd often go down and stay for two weeks in the summer. And, you know, if they're paying friendly or whatever, we try and go, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, more more so, I'm more of an away Swansea fan than I am a home Swansea fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, you say you can't. Re can you remember too many of the um, of the first games that you went to, or were they uh, really? they all kind of merge into one? Yeah, I think over time they do, don't they? Yeah, there's obviously a few that stick out um, as you get a little bit older. Um, particularly, I went to a lot when I was sort of like 21, 22. That's when I went to most of most of the games. Yeah. Talk to me about some of those uh, some of those those memories um, oh. since, you've been, since you've been going. Then, well, <laughs> the one that always comes to me is a massive home defeat to Chelsea. It was like I think it was six nil, and it was absolutely awful. It was one of those days where you just think, why why do I do this? You know, <laughs> why am I here? Why did we bother? Yeah, I remember my mum just saying, "Oh my god, this is just a Chelsea you know masterclass." It was awful. <laughs> But it's bad those ones stick out to you a lot, don't they? Um, one of my favourites was we went to, I think it was the final game at Upton Park. So the West Ham's last game and we beat them 3-1. And it was like, obviously it was like summertime. Um, 
I think Gomez scored a goal and he had, he was always offside, Gomez. I don't know if you remember him, but he was always offside. <laughs> I, and I remember I think he scored one or two that day and it was just one of those lovely atmospheres. And obviously it was nice to celebrate, you know, the end of Upton Park as well, because that's obviously a really historical ground. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was a really special one. A couple of good wins at the Emirates as well. Happy memories there. We always seem to win there. Um, you know, some really good goals and just fantastic atmosphere. The Swans away days are just, you know, just unbelievable. So much fun, such wonderful people and so loud. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. They always bring a decent following to, to Reading. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's quite, quite a good game to go to, actually. Yeah, I quite like listening to, uh, I mean, being half Welsh, as I say, I quite yeah. like listening, listening to the uh, um, to the Welsh um, Welsh lyrics in the songs. Um, yeah, okay. And of course, I, I don't know what it is about hymns and arias. It's just you know whether he had that ringing around, um, yeah, around the liberty, the hills all around. Uh, just yeah, quite, quite special, like isn't it? I do, yeah. I do like it. Yeah, you can't not. I do like, like it. it. You can't not like it. No, I'll have to try. And Swansea's not a bad away day either for for a, for an away fan. Swansea oh, itself is not a bad away day. I've done it a few times. Yeah, maybe um, I did. Bit. Yeah, I did do the vet once. Uh, the uh, the FA Cup tie in two thousand and five. Fantastic. Um, uh, that was interesting. The mm. it was a oh, I mean it's the middle of January anyway. <laughs> I remember it was a it was a Monday night. Um, oh. with you, Swansea had uh, managed to draw one all at the Madeski. We managed to get a late equaliser. Yeah. Uh, and this was under um, Kenny Jacket Lee Trundle okay. up front. Oh, um, good old Lee. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he he ran the show. Yeah. Uh, we took uh, we, well we we snuck away. With a one nil win after extra time, um, wow. Nicky forced to prod it in after Willie Garay, right in front of us away fans. But it was a horrible, horrible January, squally January day. Oh, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> you know the wind ripping in off the Bristol Channel and the RSC. It was uh, wow. Yeah, not it was it was it was it was football for purists, but but Swansea did give us a good going over that day. Yeah, but, I bet. And you got but, to go uh, to the vetch, so there we are. That's it. I did. Yeah. I did, yeah. And those 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 streets around it were you can imagine that. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's quite a bit of bit interest interesting at times. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there were <was> some sights. <laughs> yeah, so but no, I went there once. Um, but all of my visits to Swansea since then, of course, have been at uh, been at the Liberty, and yeah. like I, said, I do like the Liberty as well. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? Twenty minutes walk from the station, half an hour from 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 some of the pubs in the town centre. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and the one time I did do it on the train, we we played poorly. Liam Rosini was sent off. We lost two 0 um, My train wasn't until about half past seven back. I was booked on because I because uh, I um, I did the old advance ticket thing, oh. um, and I walked back to the station. And just as we got out the ground, the yeah. heavens opened. I was oh, absolutely soaked. Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was absolutely soaked and had to you know sit around Swansea. Town centre, Swansea City Centre. Yeah. Um, just, just you know, trying, so trying, trying to stay warm. Oh, no. And then two and a half hours on the train back, and no money. <laughs> oh god. I'd run out of run out of cash, and uh, and the car machines on the train weren't working, so I couldn't oh, even get a bloody drink. It's like a hell. It's it like was a hell. it was a one of those away days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eve spoke of one of those um, last week uh, last week, and uh, oh really? Yeah, I can I can uh, yeah I can I if everybody's had one, but everything yeah. that can go wrong does go Definitely. wrong. Definitely. Uh, but otherwise, no, I do like I do like the Liberty. Uh, it's got a good 
um, a good vibe, a good aura about it. And yeah. Swansea seem to have just lost that that reputation a little bit um, mm. since they've moved to the Vetch. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which is quite, you know, quite quite nice in some ways. I know I know many people like um, going to an away game and you know sort of having to watch your back. I don't necessarily like that. I don't no, like that at all, I don't actually. think that's fun. Um, <laughs> no, um, and Swansea seems to have, you know, seems to it seems to be more welcoming now. Um, oh yeah, I would say so. I'm just uh, come on a lot, definitely. Yeah. So, did you manage to get to any of the uh, the sort of playoff semi-finals at the uh, the Liberty, so Forest or um, no? Who had? I was in. Where was I? Last year. I'm so confused with where we are in time because of the last year. It's really like distorted my mm. my time frame. The going back to Forest, no, no, I would have. I would. The problem is with me is I work in theatre, and I rarely get any time off. To be honest, yeah. Um, I normally have to like not check social media and like watch a game at like midnight when I get home from work. So I don't. I haven't been to as many games just purely because I have two shows on a Saturday and two yeah, shows yeah, yeah. normally so I don't go to as many games as I'd like to um you know a lot of the girls from her game too they go every single game I, I'm not able to do that uh, because of my work so yeah uh, it's always kind of like a special occasion when I do go um yes yeah I suppose yeah it's not so you can just sort of sack off the matinee and say no I'll come later no um. no, uh, <laughs> no I, they'd struggle without me so yeah it's it's um yeah, it's a tricky one. Being in theatre and being a football fan is not not easy, for sure. It's yeah. Just out on a lot. And, um, you know, between shows, I'm found in the green room with my phone, like catching up on games and stuff quite often. Um, yeah. There's always one or two. Say, do, do, you find, but do you find yourself in the middle of a show just thinking, oh, I wonder how the Swans are doing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, or... I work backstage. <laughs> yeah, I work backstage. So um, I'm, uh, one, of my, one of the company managers who... Um, he works with us he's he's welsh and he i've seen him before in his office i've like he's got the football on a little screen and i've like run upstairs in the interval to watch you know eight minutes is probably all i get between between <laughs> acts. So, you know it is a bit like that sometimes it's not something uh, i'm able to do all the time so that you know over the last year hence why i've i've managed to watch so much football it's unbelievable I've yeah. watched I games. You I cherish those watched. eight minutes, though, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I get really excited, and you know, it's a shame I can't watch more. But I'm grateful to be in a happy job, you know. So I can't really complain. No, sure. So, so um, presumably, I mean, I, I don't know a huge amount about sort of the the, uh, the, the theatre industry, mm. um, but I'm, I'm assuming that there'll be. Um, that, uh, do, do you work at a specific theatre, and they go through um, sort of weeks and months of a particular show then there's a few weeks off while you prepare for a next for the for the next show and then there's a few I don't how does it work and um, how, it how do you manage to it depends on um many things <laughs> um lots of theatres are producing houses like what you've just said so they yeah produce their own shows and you know we'll put a show on another one at the same time and then there'll be another one but I work on I work for Disney and I work on a tour um, of the Lion King so I'm on that show designated to that show and I just travel around with that show basically that's another yeah. way of which you know people in theatre work so I was in Bristol and then I was in Edinburgh and then obviously Covid happened 
um I'm due to go back in the autumn but yeah that's how it works for me and I'm but there's other there's other ways you could do it it's a really interesting industry in my job I'm a stage manager so a lot most people are free but with Disney I'm actually an employee which is really exciting it's quite rare like Mm -hmm. long-term jobs like that but most contracts are about a year long uh, and you, they often get renewed if you, you know, if you're in the West End, or but then some shows run for about a week. So it totally depends what kind of show you're on, what sort of part of the theatre industry you're in. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy industry. <laughs> yeah, sure. Bad so it, you, you, it would be impossible for you to to, uh, to justify getting a season ticket, for example, Absolutely, not yeah. knowing what you'd be able to do in the next, you know, within sort of three months to to, to six months. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I've never had a season ticket. We had. Um, We've had like a way, Swansea have like an away membership thing, which we've had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would never be able to commit to a season ticket, unfortunately. Um, makes me kind of sad, but also, you know, it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any um, matches that, you, that you've that you missed that you would have dearly wanted to have gone to if, if you weren't in the industry that you're in? Oh, plenty. And also my family go more than me as well. So often they're off off to the football and I'm <laughs> in the dark about to do a matinee and they're, you know, on their way to God knows where to watch the Swans. Yeah, it's quite hard that actually, you know, when all your family are there and um, you miss out. But yeah, there's been loads of games I wish I'd seen. Um, my family went to a Swansea Cardiff a couple of years back and we won and mm-hmm. just I wish I wish I was there. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Have you so, so some of those games were they were they have you managed to get to all the big games, I suppose, is is where I'm trying to lead here. Um the Cardiff ones are really hard to get tickets for. I've not actually yeah. been to a Swans Cardiff game and growing up my dad wouldn't let us either. <laughs> he always said mm-hmm. it was like they're not nice. He I remember you know, when I was a teenager, he would sort of say, I don't want you guys kind of seeing that, you know? I think he wanted to yeah. keep it a bit more family friendly, a bit nicer. Um but I have. I, I did see Man United Liverpool once. That was quite epic. But I was I was young then, really young. Um, but yeah, there's the playoff games as well. Really hard to get. You know, obviously this year, all it was all season ticket holders, which is totally fair and understandable. So yeah, I've not been able to mm-hmm. go to many of those games. What about the Wembley trips? We're talking 2011, um, 2013 League Cup final, um, and perhaps even before then, because uh, I know there was a um uh, did you go to there was a a playoff final at the millennium stadium as well wasn't there against barnsley if i remember rightly yeah there was did you manage to get to all of those no none of them <laughs> i remember the did you not the 2011 one i was working it all summer um i was in barcelona for a few weeks working so i remember not being able to go to that and i think i think my dad and my uncle went to that actually um but yeah no rubbish I'm an awful fan. What can I say? <laughs> no, you can't say you're an awful fan. You're no, a fan I do my a best, career that yeah. impacts on what you can do. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so, so, are there any uh, any particular games that you've managed to get to where you've got where you've got really really vivid memories um, of, of events happening, both good and bad? Um, def- definitely that Chelsea game that I've brought up that's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. really sticks in the mind. Um, I've seen some really good good football at Watford, actually. Obviously, we've been both in the Premiership and the Championship together on multiple occasions. 
Um, and I really like going to Watford. Have you ever been to Watford, the ground? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like an interesting one. Like in, it's like in the middle of the houses, isn't it? And you like walk yeah. through all the street. I, don't, I really like it. I think it's got a really nice feel about it. Um, and we've had some really good time, good and bad times there. One time we were there, we got caught in a horrendous thunderstorm. Like I'm talking, you know, typical British horrendous rain lightning and we were all in this stadium like thinking should we go like do we stay should we should we stick out this thunderstorm but no i, I really <laughs> like going there it's we've always had exciting football games there so that's always a good thing yeah watford uh, is uh i mean it's nice and easy to get to from Reading as well mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, yeah. again it's a, it's a place that we tend to uh we tend to take a reasonable following to yeah i bet um but you, you know like much like like you've described it's i mean one of my one of my good friends is a watford fan as well um so i always tend to, if i go there i always ask if he's if he's around and if he's making the game yeah um he, so we go to a couple of little places um that he knows um never had an issue with watford it's one of the stadiums that i've uh, that i've been to uh most frequently yeah same um, I, actually. I must have must have been there at least sort of 10 times or so something oh, like yeah. that um always go there on the train um yeah, and uh yeah it's just it's just a uh, easy easy get into london afterwards um and it's just a it's a it's a good it's just it's just a good away day yeah really. it is um, it's a good away day it's it's simple and you know no, it's quite no nice needle or anything like that yeah, um, yeah literally and i was there for the ghost goal as well in 2008 fantastic um which was weird yeah. very very weird <laughs> um i yeah <laughs> If you think you've seen everything, just wait until you see a referee give a goal when the ball's not even gone in. Um, yeah, it was, it was up the other hard. end of the pitch, though, so we didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, yeah. And it took about a minute for uh, for, for us to realise. Um, you know, we, we the corner had come in, the ball had gone yeah. wide, it had been played back, and, and Andre Biko headed the ball against the bar, and then yeah. you know, the referee blew his whistle. And then I think it's Stuart... Stuart Loach, Scott Loach, um, yeah. something like that. Anyway, the Watford keeper. He's their substitute keeper, by the way, because they had Mark Boom in goal before that, who had already yeah. gone off. This only happened after about 10 minutes. Yeah. He picked up the ball, put it down for a goal kick, and the referee's pointing towards the... Um, uh, and running back towards the centre circle and pointing <laughs> towards the centre spot. And I'm thinking... What? I'm stood there. I stood there, and I'm thinking, is he giving a goal here? Yeah. And he goes over <laughs> to the, to the linesman. On? Yeah, he's going over, going over to the linesman. Uh, goes to have a chat with him and everybody knows everybody in the stadium can tell that no goal's been scored and then the next thing oh. we know Watford are kicking off and we're like we're one up but we've got no idea what's happened <laughs> how did it happen <laughs> wow well you take it don't you take it and move on yeah it, yeah well yes we did to an extent um but at that point in time and you know you go through all of the memories uh, even Watford fans say this mm. um that we battered them up until that point uh yeah. Watford were not in good form um, and we, you know, it was a matter of time before we scored. And if we'd have scored a legitimate goal, it would have absolutely knocked the stuffing out of them. We'd have probably gone on to win a yeah. fair canter. Yeah. Um, but it galvanised them. Um, and all right, and we we only ended up scraping a two-all draw with like a, something like a last last oh a penalty in the last five minutes. Oh blimey! Um, and even then, Stuart Atwell bottled a, a uh, another penalty decision right at the end. I think <laughs> he knew that if he'd have given it for us. Uh, all hell would have broken loose. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, very, very strange game. A game that we probably would have won if it weren't for that for that goal in our favour. Yeah. <laughs> strange. Uh, 
but yeah so yeah i have been to watford <laughs> yeah. well, i've not had anything that exciting happen when i've been to watford but you know <laughs> yeah you talk to any watford fan about it they uh they'll they'll tell you yeah so we're talking um about uh some of the nicer places to go and watch football. Um, but one of the not so nice places that you found at times uh, within the football world is uh, social media. And mm. so, yeah, you've re- been on the receiving end of some, um, some interesting, uh, in inverted commas, abuse. Um, <laughs> I, certainly I've noticed over the last few weeks. Uh, and presumably that's been quite a long-standing thing. Yeah, definitely. I would say uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, it's it's weird because it kind of like links up with when the whole COVID thing has happened as well. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, I like I've said earlier, I've been able to watch way more football. Um, and I, you know, it was nice to like look on social media and see, you know, after a football game on, you know, because we weren't seeing anyone. It was nice. It was a nice way to sort of connect with people. And I started like speaking to other Swansea fans, which was really fun. Um, and then, you know, I occasionally get a few comments um, about, you know, things I was saying and I didn't really think much of it. And it got to about February this year and it sort of started that everything I said, there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Talk. that's where most of the most of my abuse has been um you know i'd post a, i'd follow like a, a trend and i'd share my opinions about things and you just wouldn't believe how many comments there would be um and obviously you, if you're going to put yourself out there you've always got to accept that there's going to be some you know i get that not everyone's going to agree with your opinion i don't agree with everyone else's opinions that's just football isn't it that's what makes football football um yeah and but then, you know, they just started to, to creep in, like, nasty comments, like, oh, she's a girl, it doesn't matter, doesn't, she doesn't know. Oh, you know, all ones, go back to the kitchen, you shouldn't be watching football, what would you know? You bet you can't even kick a football, you're a girl, sort of comments started to come in. And they were just becoming more regular, um, more and more and more over time. Um, yeah. And I just sort of got to the point where I was like, I, I hate this. I didn't want to post anymore because of the messages I was getting and all the comments I was receiving. And it's horrible. It's a really horrible feeling. Um, you know, it's, it's never nice when people don't agree with your opinion, but there's, it's a lot worse when people don't agree with you because you're a girl, you know, yeah, and they make it very clear. The person, there's no, I don't, I've no, I've never. It's, 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 it, you I, say I, it's I, a recurring theme in this, uh, um on this on this last sequence of podcasts um but the 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 common thing it has got worse over the last um sort of 15 to 18 months um where people people don't necessarily agree with an opinion but they don't give a reason why they just go straight into a a person because essentially you were born with the wrong body parts wrong in a common course um which doesn't doesn't make sense to me um, no, as Eve put it again last week, <laughs> Eve, Eve put it again last week um, that uh, she'd received comments about um, uh, you know, essentially not being able to talk about about football because she was a girl and that she'd never played it and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, and yet, that's a- 
you know, you take a look at someone like, as you know, she quite eloquently said, someone like Clive Tilsley, you take a look at John Motson, you take yeah. a look at all our commentators, and they're the primary focus on the game, who also have never played the game, but that, you know, that their opinion and their, their commentary is perfectly well respected. Now, yeah, why? And what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, are there any sort of specific examples you're willing to, to share and discuss with us? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of had all the ones you could imagine, I suppose, in terms of, um, you know, go back to the kitchen, all the really outdated, boring ones that you sort of roll your eyes at. But then there's yeah. one, um, you know, you get slightly nastier ones where they're sort of like, one guy said, chill, chill out, guys, it's fine, she's a girl, she doesn't have a clue what she's saying. And like 300 people liked that. <laughs> <laughs> they like that response and that's mm -hmm. when it becomes like difficult to deal with and you know people just drop in terms like bint div you know slag they'll call you that on top of saying that you don't know what you're talking about and that's when it becomes much harder to deal with because it's not nice being spoken to like that by someone you don't even have a, you don't even know it's they're anonymous yeah. accounts most of them and that's what makes it worse as well there's no, there's nothing you, you don't know who who is saying it to you you can't yeah. have a reasonable conversation with them because they're just there for reaction um but yeah things like you're in, you're invalid because you're a woman you know that sort of thing is is for me the hardest thing to deal with because i just go well why what makes my opinion so different to yours um i've watched football been around football my whole life there's no reason why i can't understand the game um and i think that that's when it, it it's becomes kind of a difficult thing to cope with rather than just an eye roll you know yeah no absolutely the worst thing just thinking about it is you know you say 300 people have liked that and <laughs> those 300 people are willing to have that feature on their timeline and all their followers are going to uh, are going to see that um yeah. i don't know how many people called it out if any um yeah. but the, you know the sad thing is that people aren't calling it out when they see it um as yeah. often as they probably should do um i'm not saying that the calling out doesn't happen i've seen it often enough absolute kudos to anybody who does um mm. but there is this this gen there just does seem to be this general feeling that oh it's you know it's just um just a throwaway comment um yeah and, uh you know, it, it, it doesn't sit in the same in the same realm as some of the um, supposedly worse um, uh, abuse that can be that can be dished out. Yeah, um, for sure. But it doesn't, you know, just just call it out. That's all I'd say to anybody is just call it out when you see it. If, you know, Absolutely. Uh, That's what we're trying to do with her game, too. It's just like make, you know, guys feel comfortable to stand up to it when they hear it as well. Like mm -hmm. I, I always compare it to the Black Lives Matter movement in that. I, as a white female in the past, probably wouldn't have had the guts to have said something if I'd heard something. But after educating myself over the last, you know, two years and finding out more, I feel way more confident and, and empowered that if I heard something, I would know what to, I would be able to deal with that and call it out. And we're kind mm -hmm. of hoping to do that, but with men for, you know, for sexism, because I mean, any type of discrimination is just, I can't believe we live in a world where we have to make campaigns to fix it. I just, yeah. It baffles me that we're in this position, but the more people that feel educated and empowered by these sorts of campaigns, you know, to stand up to it, the better, for sure. Yeah. And one of the, uh, one of the interesting thoughts that's just occurred to me, I've, I've mentioned, um, I've spoken to, to Lucy and Kaz over the last week about Lewis Haldane 
I spoke yeah. to Eve oh, last week yeah. about about him as well. Um, cool. And I just wonder if um, you know if Bristol Rovers' next manager, um, for example, or whoever happens to manage um, the club that Lewis Haldane's playing at, or if he does still play, I still haven't looked up to see if he does or not. Um, yeah. But uh, if he did ever play under a female manager, um, because let's face it, like it or not. You know, a female manager in 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 men's football will happen, yeah. Because the 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 more women managers in the women's game get you know uh, cut their teeth, as it were, yeah. um, in you know you know you, you only got to take a look at the jobs that uh, that the Chelsea manager at the moment is being linked with. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to happen at some point. But if somebody Definitely. like Lewis Haldane or Leon Knight, for example, who is also uh, yeah. very uh, open with his thoughts on mm. Um, female commentators and pundits. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the response that occurs within the football world and whether or not they, you know, they would just be booted out of the club or whether or you know. It's so interesting, I, and it's crazy that it's you know why why can't a woman understand like the game like a male manager? There's there's no, you know, it's different if we're talking about literal the literal physical athletes. Yeah, obviously women can't play with men. But in terms of managerial roles and coaching roles, there's absolutely no reason we can't have women in the men's game and, and then also vice versa. We have men in the women's game, you know. Absolutely no bones about it. You're right, coaching. I mean, we've already got um, female physios um, yeah. and medical staff. Um, we've got um, women at all aspects of the game um, yeah. except the um, uh, the, sort of the coaching, uh, the scouting yeah. um, and, the, uh, uh, and obviously the managerial uh, appointments. But, you know, Women are now accepted in the in the officiating. I've said this over and over again. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, Wendy Toms, who was the very first um, uh, assistant referee. <clears throat> excuse me, assistant referee in the football league. Um, yeah. Very competent she was too. Um, of course, you, you know, and you've got uh, further uh, women referees and uh, and um, yeah. more of that. Uh, assistant Why referees not? now. <laughs> um, and they've, they've even got um, an, a woman official at uh, at the Euros I saw the other day. I didn't yeah. pick up her name. I didn't see no, uh, I didn't. what country she was from. Yeah. But irrelevant. Um, the fact is they are there and they are there on merit. They're not there as tokenism. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and all power to them for that. And why, why can't, um, you know, if you have women officiating on the game and understanding what's going on between two male players yeah. as an official, why can't you have a woman coaching and yeah. understanding the game? There's so, no it, yeah, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, well, I think it will happen in time, and I think that, like you say, it, it, it should always be off merit. We don't, as a woman, I don't want to see box boxes being ticked, but I know Emma Hayes, Alex Scott, they they are there off merit. They are so successful in what they do. And they deserve to be there. And, and they're, you know, more knowledgeable than a lot of men in some respects, you know. And I, I think that the more people that we can get like that in these positions, it just inspires younger generations. They're moving forward. It makes it more accepted. And how nice it will be to not, when you open, you know, you open up a game and it's a woman, how nice for you to not think, oh, that's interesting. There's a woman, you know, like one day, maybe it'll just be normal that there's a woman referee. I think that will be a happy day when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. So clearly, as you, as you as you mentioned, there is there is a need for her going too. Um, yeah. And um, as I mentioned at the very start, 
you are one of the 12 co-founders. Um, how did you get involved with it? Um, as I said earlier about um, the comments that I was receiving, I sort of started to share a little bit on my Twitter kind of what was going on because I just wanted to make people aware, you know, that this was happening to me. And I've got some absolutely lovely people that I'm connected with and they were all so supportive and everything. And reached out to me and said you know I'm fed up as well like I'm really interested to do something about it you know you know and she sort of said I have this very vague idea for a video I, do you want to be in and I was just like yes sign me up like if, if there's anything I can do you know please let me know so then we um all got put in a group chat together and we sort of brainstormed ideas and bounced off each other for a hashtag and a song and everything and it just sort of came together really and it's been non-stop for me ever since yeah because uh of course the the original tweet went viral on fa yeah. cup final day Crazy. um and the uh the media appearances started to rack up yeah um, still going. The, <laughs> the podcast requests hello yeah. um and yeah and of course you know you, you you've also been on a, on a one of the more recent ones, of course, you've been on um, a friend of mine's um, Euro 2020 um, uh, preview show as well. Um, yeah, plenty of those. Yeah, with uh, with Dave uh, Dave Stevens. Oh um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. my friend, um, oh, one of my mates. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, it, it all went it all went viral very very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, um, and it was... there's so much going on. You've uh, you, you've got merchandise out now. Um, yeah. Man. You've had numerous organisations. It looks like that have um, wanted to get get involved and get on board. Yep. Different football clubs have um, have, uh, have responded. Yep. Um, so, um, but how how has has life changed much for you since since then, or is it yeah. all kind of sort of calming down a bit now? I think it's it's really different. Um, obviously, being furloughed the last year, I've not had a lot to do. Um, but this came at a really good time for me. Like it, it's, I've got the time to commit to it. And yeah, since it's happened, my diary has been pretty full. Um, all with, like you say, podcast calls, meetings, um, you know, working on content, uh, reaching out to loads of people, trying to get them involved. And it has, yeah, it's almost become a bit of a full-time job at the moment. And it had slightly died down in terms of like the new, you know, the quick news coverage that came afterwards, but actually more of like the deeper stuff that we want to work on is started to happen now. And that's kind of the next step for us, you know, the work, yeah. the deep work, not just the, not just the campaign video and the awareness. This is like next steps now, what we're trying to work on, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's. Can you uh, let us into any, any uh, uh, as yet? Well, sort of, well, not unknown secrets, but can you let us into anything at the moment or is it all kind of being kept under wraps? Yeah, no, I, I think we're, we're good to talk about stuff. Uh, good contact with a pub group, which is really exciting uh, because they're really keen to stamp out sexism over the summer, like with all the sport going on, you know, Wimbledon, mm -hmm. the Lions tour. Uh, they want to make their, their pubs like safer for women. Um, so mm -hmm. talking about how they can kind of what they how they can teach their staff into dealing with it, you know, in the way that racial abuse and other, you know, violence and things um, kind of part of the, the the thing of being working in their pubs, which is really exciting. I think that's a huge thing um, from our survey. We found a lot of girls have experienced a lot of sexism in pubs, which, you know, it's really sad to hear. Um, so we hope that that sort of thing can make a difference. We're also mm -hmm. we've also been chatting to the British Transport Police, which is really exciting. 
Um, they are trying to kick, well, cut down on, you know, football day hooliganism and unwanted sexual behaviour towards women um, and harassment. Uh, it's something that they they have a lot of reports of, and they're really yeah. I saw um, a tweet uh, from from uh, or a retweet from uh, her game two uh, yeah. account earlier this week um, with a woman who was uh, recording um, yeah. a very well known chant, but yeah. a chant that you know, hello guys, it's twenty twenty one. Absolutely. Um, that kind of that's just not acceptable anymore. So intimidating as well for for girls. Like I think, you know, I understand from maybe a group of guys, it's not they're not trying to upset a woman or intimidate a woman, and they just think it's fun. But if you're a woman sat there by yourself or just with one other friend, that's it's really horrible. And mm-hmm. to see that obviously shows that it's not it's not just us. We've seen from our survey how many women have been affected by, you know, walking into grounds, walking around grounds, sitting at their season ticket seat, sitting in a pub. Like, it's happening everywhere. And and videos like that only just confirm that we're doing the thing that we need to be doing and trying to make a difference for all the women out there. Yes, absolutely. Um, sorry, you, you were talking about um, the sort of awareness campaigns, British Transport Police. Yes, um, and, um, and other organisations. So, um, let's talk to us about what 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 British Transport Police are are wanting to do. Well, I, I had sort of the thought of um, obviously they have their tech service, which they're they're that is really popular and it does really well and it has stopped a lot of things. And they've sort of said they really want to crack down on the sort of things that women might just sweep under the carpet. And I think that that goes as well for the grounds. There's a lot of like unwanted behaviour towards mm-hmm. women in these places that women might not report because they don't think anything would happen if they did and I think that that's a really interesting point that we've sort of taken into the clubs as well like there's obviously a lot of things being unreported and maybe you can't do anything it's not a criminal offence but the clubs and, and like the British Transport Police they want to know what's going on and where it's going on can they can they add more police presence in certain areas on certain times because it's happening more you know things like that yeah. to make it all safer for women and a more enjoyable environment for others as well mm-hmm. and that tech service for uh, British Transport Police it is 61016 and uh, yeah you uh, use that number uh, to uh, to report any um, threatening or abusive behaviour, um, so, so for a, 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 a sort of a, a non-emergency situation, the uh, the website is telling me here. Yeah, uh, yeah. In an emergency, obviously, always dial nine nine nine. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, use that text number. It's uh, it's obviously discreet um, and uh, could uh, could certainly help uh, help women feel a hell of a lot safer if they uh, if they know that that that, that number is is available. Mm. Um, so, um, I mean, have you actually had any uh, any incidents of, 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 sort of similar behaviour or or even in a non-footballing context, I suppose, um, uh, that, that you're willing to discuss or have you um, generally been? Yeah, I think in terms of being at a football ground, I've never experienced anything, which is really interesting because obviously it's very common. And after reading all of our survey results, like this is happening all over the country all the time. But, you know, I maybe... I've, ne- I've never experienced it so I'm very lucky in that respect but in terms of just general life I mean there's always times where you feel uncomfortable as a woman like I- I'm a quite a confident woman like I've lived in London for however many years now like but there are times where you you know you maybe walk into somewhere and 
you know, you can feel intimidated and you can feel uncomfortable, but that's, that's not always anyone's fault either. I think that that's, that was just me, you know? Um, but I've been, you know, I've experienced all the normal things that many girls experience, all the wolf whistles, you know, the, the kind of, you walk past a building site as a girl and if you're wearing leggings, it's, it's horrible. It's like a horrible experience and, and, you know, you can't stop people looking at people, but there's like that feeling of like brooding men is really quite scary for a girl. And, mm -hmm. um, but the, you know, that no one's doing anything wrong. Um, it's not something you can call the police and say, look, it's not, it's not that I think it's, it's a tricky one, but I haven't ever experienced any, you know, any in-person sex, you know, sexual assault or sexist abuse. I've been very lucky in that respect because I know a lot of girls aren't the same. And then. No, sure. Mm. So. So where does uh, does her game two go um, from from this point here? Um, and uh, so what are you, what else are you are you working on? Loads of stuff at the moment. Um, the thing is with her game two is every time we talk about things, there's so much potential. Um, the campaign itself has so much potential, and it's about choosing the kind of the right avenues to go down. I think. Um, but the main thing we're focusing on at the moment is, you know, solidifying some partnerships with clubs and other organisations. I had a meeting with the Football Supporters Association today, that sort of thing, kind of solidifying our support for each other and, you know, bringing each other on board for projects and that sort of thing. Um, we'd like to get some more clubs involved. We'd like to see maybe a presence in football grounds um, for the next season. That's something we're really, really keen I think, mm -hmm. you know, even just our logo, like on the bottom of a poster, just to show a bit of solidarity for the women there and knowing yeah. that there's somewhere, there's some information for them there where if something did happen, they'd know who to speak to, how to go about it, you know, how to report things. Because I think a lot of that is missed. Um, and then women just think, oh, I won't report it. I'll just let it go. You know, we want, mm -hmm. we, we want to encourage women to do that. And also, you know, to find out, how it works in the clubs you know what if a woman goes up to a steward how you know is the steward kind of trained to know how to deal with that um does the steward then have further support to do to deal with that you know there's all these questions we want answering so we know what we can do moving forward um and i think club involvement is going to be a big thing for the the season coming up for sure for sure that's uh, that's really good to hear, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm I'm keeping my ear to the ground and, and following the Twitter feeds. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd urge everybody else, everybody else, to do that. Um, the uh, her game two Twitter, uh, it's at her game two, is it not? Yes, it is. Very it simple. Is. Yeah. We were lucky with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I urge everybody um, to, uh, to to give that a follow um, and you know educate yourselves on some of the abuse that's going on um, that has been received. Um, and uh, and support the girls in 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 what they're doing. Um, Absolutely, and also you know we want. I think what we want to make clear is that we're not trying to take over at all. <laughs> we want guys to just accept that it's our our game as well. We're not. I think we don't want to come across that oh the girls are being you know. I think that's quite um, easily done online. But we want to just be involved and we, we want guys to support that and support, 
you know, both women in football in the media and also women's football itself. They're not, we just want to be involved, really. It's not, it's not that difficult. Um, Respected for your opinions and, and, and not your sex. Absolutely. Your and gender. by um, all means, disagree. But don't, don't you dare make it about my gender. Is the, the reason is why you disagree is because of that, you know? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's yeah. going to agree with everyone all the time. And it's, but it's about the way you speak to people, I think, is what needs to change. So mo- moving on then um, to happier times, uh, or happier memories. Um, significant six. So the six questions your, um, of your, some of your favourite experiences following Swansea City. Yeah. Uh, so question one, your favourite game that you've ever attended? I am going to have to go back quite a long way and say the one of the games that stands out to me the most over my life was I saw Man United play Fenerbahce in about 2004 or something. Ah, so it's not a Swansea game, it's a United game. No, United. yeah, this is one of my early memories and it was Wayne Rooney's debut. And he scored, <laughs> he scored a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember it. Yeah. It was like six two, I think. And it was just it's just it's just one of those things you remember. You know, you go to so many games over the years, but some just stick out, don't they? And I was only about mm-hmm. ten, I think, at the time. But I, I, I just remember it. And, you know, it was an exciting game because all Wayne Rooney was gonna play and he was new and really, really young. And he scored a hat trick, and it was just one of those epic games with atmosphere yeah. through the roof. Of course, he was only uh, sort of 17, 18 years old at the time. It was uh, like Wonder Kid, right yeah. Saying, <laughs> yeah, I think he was a, a British record transfer fee as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Uh, signed from Everton. And, and you know, well, you know, I think the fee was justified in the end because he went Absolutely. on to score another 250-odd goals for United, didn't he? Yeah, he was fantastic um, back then. Really, really amazing. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, that is the one that always just comes to us, you know, what's the best game you've ever seen <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to write no, up? You've, you've seen a game with a competition that I've not been to. Uh, I, I've yeah. never seen a Champions League game before. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. No, I haven't, no. Different. Such are the joys of following a provincial championship Yeah, club. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not sure where the Swansea so, will ever get there, but we'll see. <laughs> theoretic, theoretically, just one promotion away, but you know, it's not even within. You know, it's, it's not low-hanging fruit, is it? It's right at the <laughs> top of the bloody tree. Not easy, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Talk to me about your favourite away ground. Oh, that's so difficult. Um, in terms of like a nice atmosphere and lovely people and like the nicest people at the bar and you know the nicest home fans it has to be Aston Villa I had okay. I've yep. been I like three times now and um you know it's not it's not a special stadium in any respect really I don't think that you know it's fairly old isn't it blimey it's been around since god knows when hundreds of years mm-hmm. ago probably um but i just had a really really fantastic time there on multiple occasions um and you know maybe people of the people of birmingham are just very lovely and welcoming and warm um but yeah no i've had some fantastic experiences at villa park really really nice yeah i've been to villa park twice um and, and enjoyed both my visits there yeah um 
don't yeah, know, it's got I, a nice I, feel, I, nice feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, good inner city club, big club as well. Yeah. Um, European They're going to have winners, a good season this year, by the way. I can feel it. I think so too. And that's looking at the signings that they're going to be, Fantastic. that they're looking at making. Um, yeah. they, they could be going places. I agree. Um, and I'd love to see it as well. I'd really love to see that. They're, they're a great club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your the favourite season that you've since you've been, oh, so could you, could you put, put Man United in there or you could use Swansea City? It's up to you. That's um, going yeah, to have to be, that's going to have the season that Swansea finished eighth in the Prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it 13, 14 or 14, 15? One of the two. Um, one of those was 12th and one of them was 8th. And it was just, it was just magic. It was like everything just worked. Gary Monk was here. Everything was great. Everyone was like, wow, Swansea can play really good football. We had a great squad at the time. Um, and little old Swansea finishing 8th in the Premier League, it was, you know, above us was like, you know, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, or like Southampton and Tottenham, or I can't remember, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was just the season where the football was just stunning. And we got so much respect from other footballing clubs and particularly the big Premier clubs and stuff like I remember, you know, fans saying like, I didn't know Swansea could play football like this. You know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. That's, what else can you ask for? Um, you know, we, we remember like beating Man United like 2-1. Like, you know, that's so cool. That's so cool as a Swansea fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so you beat them, um, was it on the opening day as well? I think, um, yeah, it was that in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with uh, certain Mr. Gilkey Sigurdsson scoring a free kick, if I remember rightly, as well. Probably. In that game. Um, yeah. A man who um, who I would I would happily walk in front of and sprinkle with sprinkle the floor with rose petals ahead of him. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that was a that was one of the years I went to the Emirates and we beat them there, I believe, which was a really yeah. really good away day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just. You, what you know when you've supported Swansea and you've like come up into the Prem and then you you know you I think we finished our first season there in 12th like that was huge and then to go on to hit eight I think everyone's kind of expectations were just like wow like we could let's try it seventh then you know or sixth <laughs> um obviously mm-hmm. I think we were kind of then finished sort of 12th then 14th then 15th we sort of slowly dropped down but I think that season was pretty magic and you know it doesn't really get much better than that yeah, so it's the fourteen fifteen season. Yeah, um, I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's. I remember when Reading finished uh, finished eighth as well in two thousand six oh, wow. seven, and and you're you're right. It's it's a it's a wonderful feeling when your team plays, um, and surprises. I mean, yeah. Swansea had obviously been in the Premier League a couple of seasons by that point. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, so there was more than an element of surprise with our eighth place finish. Yeah. Um, Swansea had clearly built up to that. Um, and uh, and you know if you finish eighth after um, three or four seasons in the Premier League, then you clearly uh, you clearly justify that position. Absolutely. Um, so. And I think here, just hearing other other fans of like big clubs kind of saying, you know, even now you hear people say like, I I was lucky enough to do an interview with um, Harry Redknapp. Someone like him, like he brought up that season and those years. You know, the kind of like thirteen to sixteen, and you just think. 
that's the impact that, that we had like on the Premier League because people didn't really know much about Swansea at that time. Like mm-hmm. they didn't know anything about us. And we were kind of this like small South Wales team um, who would come through and, you know, are finishing in the top half of the Prem all of a sudden. And I think, oh yeah, you can't beat that, can you? You, do, you want everyone yeah. else to respect your team in football, don't you? You want everyone else to say, oh, you had a great season or you play really good football. And that's the mm-hmm. season that we did that. So I think that is, yeah, the most memorable season for me. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Swansea have been, up until that point, have been playing um, really good football. I think I mentioned this earlier as mm. well. Really good football for a, a number of seasons. And I remember uh, my first visit to the Liberty was for a League Cup tie uh, oh, yeah. in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, we Reading were a very direct team under Steve Koppel. Uh, we came up against Swansea, who um, passed us off the park. We ended up uh, <laughs> as a recurring theme here with extra time, one nil victories. Having yeah, been absolutely we, battered, we are a bit but, like that, aren't we, Swansea and Reading? Yeah, but we uh, we managed to win one nil with a with an extra time Leroy Lee to goal. But wow. I spoke to um, Steve Koppel at a fans forum um, two or three weeks after that particular tie. Yeah. Um, and he said that we we expected that from Swansea. We knew they were going to play like that. We set up to uh, yeah. um, to counteract, set up to not have a lot of the ball, mm. um, and try and break on the on the counter attack as and when we could. Um, so it came as absolutely no surprise that uh, that, that Swansea were able to um, able to, to essentially outplay um, a, a Premier League team because we yeah. were a Premier League team then. Of course, Swansea were in League One. It's a season that you got promoted to. Um, yeah. Uh, to the championship. Um, so, and, and it, you know, as I mentioned, it all stems really from Roberto Martinez putting yeah. those foundations in place, those those footballing foundations in place. And that kind of stemmed and put you, essentially put you up to, you know, a minimum of, uh, of eighth place in the Premier League, as, uh, as, you, as we're talking about in 1450. Yeah, crazy. It's a, it's a big, it's a big journey, you know, an impressive journey as well. And hopefully mm-hmm. we can do it again soon. <laughs> Indeed. So, talk to me about your favourite ever away day. Oh, I'm going to have to go back to that. Um, the three-one West Ham Upton Park, the last game Upton Park ever played. We were there three-one. Sun was shining. We had a great game um, to finish off a fairly decent season. I seem to remember. I can't remember when it was. Must have been about. It must have been sixteen. Because we got we came back down seventeen eighteen must have been fifteen sixteen, um, mm-hmm. it was just fantastic. I I don't know why. I think it was special, obviously for West Ham. Anyways, there was kind of like a lot of um, extra bits and bobs happening because it was kind of like the last weekend in Upton Park. So obviously there was like. Like, I feel like there was like a speech and like there were fireworks and bubbles obviously and just all sorts of stuff going on and it was just a fun it was it felt way bigger than just a final game of the season you know it felt like yeah. kind of like a really kind of special occasion um and then obviously to get the win it's a bit rude really <laughs> beating them in their last game um but it was it was a fantastic game and um yeah I think that was probably my favorite away day yeah so um it was actually four one win. <laughs> was it four? Yeah, you, you must have left before half before full time because oh, no, uh, Buffer Timby Gomez. Oh, I was still. <laughs> Buffer Timby Gomez scored in the ninetieth minute. Of course um, he did. There we are, and he wasn't yeah. offside there, like I said earlier. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he was always yeah, offside. Yeah, it was it was four one. Um, wow. Yeah, um, 
It was their West Ham's penultimate game at the. At oh, it's penultimate. Park. Okay, yeah. It was yeah, like they really played. Big... They played. Ma- they, they played Man United three days later at Upton Park okay, um, and, yeah. and managed to win. Um, oh, well, yeah, that's... yeah. So you, you were the first. You were the last team to beat West Ham at Upton Park. So there you go. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> Absolutely, but no, that, that I mean, beating West Ham. I mean, I as any Reading fan will tell you, we're, we're no lovers of West Ham. Mm. Um, we we recognise our place compared to theirs, but uh, for a, for a while, for about sort of um, sort of eight to ten years, we gave um, we, we gave them a right old run for their money in, uh, yeah. in, in, in some some games. Uh, all stemming back to the whole Alan Pardew thing. No. Um, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we we we've beaten West Ham on 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 a, on a few occasions at uh, Upton Park. We managed to score four in in one of those games as well. Uh, wow. in, a, in a key promotion uh, uh, promotion decider in uh, it was either late late March, early April, two thousand and twelve. Um, we've obviously gone our respective ways now, but um, yeah. yeah, it's always it's always nice to beat West Ham. It was. Do you know what? I enjoyed going to Upton Park as well. It just had that, you yeah, know, that it's, Eastern vibe about it. It's a shame, um, really, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure, you know, the, I mean, the Olympic Stadium is stunning, but I'm sure it doesn't have the feel that Upton Park had. But then people no. just say that about the Liberty, you know, it's not the same as the Vetch. But I guess over time, it's in, don't you? Yes, exactly. But, you know, I think with uh, with West Ham, a lot of it was how they uh, how they went about doing it as well. Yeah. Um, Golden, Gold, Sullivan, and Brady—they're not popular there, um, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, and you know, I don't—I don't think many West Ham fans were really wanted to leave Upton Park. No, um, I can't imagine. I, you know, um, if I was a West Ham fan, I probably wouldn't have wanted to either. You know. Yeah, I say if, if one of my uh, previous guests on the show was a West Ham fan, Amanda Jacks. Um, oh, cool. Okay. Who? Uh, yeah, she uh, she spoke about uh, about some. Of, in fact, she doesn't eat, she doesn't even go. Um, there now because of the um, the issues that she uh, that, oh, that, really? well, the issues the issues with uh, with the owners uh, which Maybe. is a bit of a shame yeah um, but uh, yes but no I can imagine that was a um, an yeah awful it was a memorable day, day. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay favorite players your favorite current Swansea player ooh that's really hard um. Well, my favourite player of this in the season was Mark Gerhey, but he's he was on loan from Chelsea, so I guess he doesn't really count, does he? I'm going to you know what? I'm going to have to stick. I'm going to have to go with my heart here and say Wayne Routledge because he has been at the club for ten years. Mm-hmm. Insane, and I was watching a video the other day of some of the some highlights from I can't remember who I was watching highlights of, um, and he. He, he's just been like a soldier for the club for so long and he sort of goes under the radar a little bit I think yeah um but he gives he's given so much to the club like he's been here with the highs and the lows um and he still when he comes on the pitch he gives everything he's got fantastic touch which is quite rare in the championship I must say <laughs> just sometimes mm-hmm. you know the football's not great but he offers that bit of like class and a bit of um kind of experience and as well like I I did a a birthday message for my brother this year and I'm at he you know he was really happy to like send me a video over and you know saying happy birthday to my little brother and everything and he's just just a great guy um and I think that you know he doesn't get as much game time as we'd like to see but I, I don't think you can go wrong with choosing Worm Routledge just your favorite Swans player yeah he's uh he is a quality a quality um player and has been for a 
for well over a decade now. Yeah, he's um, he has been <laughs> he has been a scourge of Reading defences for for all that time, dating yeah. back to his time at Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. He, um, yeah, if he didn't score against us. He ripped us apart. I can remember yeah. games. I can remember a 3-0 defeat at the Wadeski for Palace the season they were promoted to the Premier League in 2004. Yeah. Um, I can remember um, a couple of games for him when he played um, at Cardiff. Uh, yeah. I can remember uh, him ripping, um, ripping us apart at uh, Loftus Road for QPR. Nice. Um, he was part of that team that ripped us apart at Wembley in 2011. Yeah, he was. Did um, he score? I think he scored. Did he he score? didn't score. No, he he, I think he. Uh, did he? Did he set up the second and third? Possibly. I know. I can't remember. Yeah, Might be Stephen, Stephen Dobby. Scott Sinclair scored a hat oh, and yeah. Stephen Dobby got Stephen the other one. Dobby. Um, wow! Yeah, what a goal that was. <laughs> Yes, I had a perfect view of it. I was right oh, no. behind it, and it was <laughs> sickening. It was ridiculous goal, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah, utterly, utterly sickening. Um, yeah, <laughs> wow. the, le- the, le- the less said about that, the better, I think, yeah, from, from my perspective. Uh, no, good choice. Um, he's a he's a really good player. Um, I've if he, if he wasn't ripping my defense my team's defense apart i'd have enjoyed watching him play absolutely um, yeah and we've kept him on for another he's he got on it he picked up an injury unfortunately um but we've kept him on another year of the contract so i mean hopefully if he recovers quickly maybe we'll see him again in the swan shirt maybe mm-hmm. um but i know maybe. that uh, on the like lee trundle who does a lot of our swans tv comment commentary like he always says he's like the fittest one on the pitch. You know, he's he's 36 and still going strong. So hopefully he can mm-hmm. recover and get a bit more game time before he um, retires and moves on. Yeah. So uh, your favourite all-time City player? Oh, wow. That's a question. So many. Sp- there's a few that spring to mind. Um, how to pick one is is a very different question, different thing. I would say from pure out of pure joy and what they did for the club it probably has to be meet you and i think mm-hmm. everyone would probably say the same i think you know there's a lot of players up there but he just offered that i don't know i don't know what it is that he has charisma i suppose um some of the goals he scored were just fab and he was just always he's just that annoying striker just always in the right place defenders just falling over around him because you know he's he, he was so good on the ball um yeah and just such a fun character as well you know spanish bit eccentric <laughs> um very energetic like i think that's just fantastic and if you know going back like i've mentioned him just now but lee trundle as well i obviously didn't start going to the swans t- till my teens and I, he was pretty much gone by the time that i was doing that but after watching, you know, my dad shown me old games and stuff like when they've been on TV and we've watched all we watch all the Swans YouTube videos and he is something else. I, I don't know if you have ever seen him play, but I, I, I honestly struggled to find anyone who is as like skillful as he was. Um, like you have to go and watch his highlights. But I mean... Like I say, in terms of like what I've experienced as a Swansea fan, like it's got to be Mitchell or possibly Sigurdsson. He's up there as well. Oh yeah, see, there's a choice. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell yeah. or Siggy, like that's a, that's you know not a bad choice to have, really, is it? No, of course. And um, like the people so, say Boney as well, I think. 
Yes, yes, of course. Uh, Michu, um, he, he did it for that one season, though, didn't he? And then, uh, yeah, he... slightly bizarre, wasn't it? That he was yeah. only, only did it for that one season. Yeah, I think it was the first season we were in the Prem, I think, the 2012-2013. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. like he scored 20-odd goals, I think. And then the next season, he only scored like oh, under 10, I think, not double figures. So mm-hmm. not really sure what happened. And then obviously he got injured and went off and retired, I think. Um, but, you know, for that season, <laughs> so cool. What a cool player. Yeah, and Lee Trundle, I, I did have the, uh, the pleasure of seeing him play for both Swansea and uh, Wrexham. Uh, when he started out his, his career, yeah. Uh, so you remember we, we earlier on we I spoke about the uh, the FA Cup tie at the vet, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. gave us a gave us a proper proper run around. Yeah, he's just uh, he was anything like he it. He ran the game. Yeah, and to think he never played in the prem, like you just look at it and you think I don't know. You can really not name many players who have that level of skill. You know, like actual ball ability. It's just. It's fascinating, to be honest. Um, and I and my dad is, you know, he would always be like, "Come on, I want to show you some of Lee Trundle's highlights." You know, <laughs> and I, I would get <laughs> this TV like, "How how does he do that? He's a magician." Um, but I know he still plays football, which is great to see. And he's also yeah, he play, uh, plays in the League of Wales, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a lovely guy yeah. as well. Another, he's a great ambassador for the club. Yeah. And how you mentioned Gilfie Sigurdsson there, um, oh, no. and I'm gonna I'm gonna insist on talking about him. We can talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just... uh, again. He's he had he had one season in the first team at Reading um, as a as a first team regular. Of course, uh, yeah. Before his transfer to to Hoffenheim, scored twenty goals in a what the first half of the season was a struggling team. No surprise um, that it was Brendan Rodgers who signed him for Swansea. Yeah, um, good work there. Uh, <laughs> given that uh, Brendan Rodgers was Redding's manager when he when he made his uh, when he made his full debut. Yeah, uh, Rodgers absolutely loved him. Um, so um, it's just a shame that he's uh, he's that talented that he can play for a club like um, Everton I now. Know. Because I'd love to see him back in a Reading shirt. Oh yeah, um, I think Swansea would. You know, every every time it's like, could Swansea go up? It's always like, oh, could we get Siggy back? You know, I think it's he's mm. he's a bit of a club legend. I think people really loved him. You know, I think he was one of those players that when he left, it was kind of one a really hard one to take. Um, he just had so much heart and soul, and just did so much for the club really in terms of results and and performances. He was just fantastic. Absolutely. Um, I well. well <laughs> Probably a good idea to end it on, on a happy note, I think, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Always. <laughs> um, yes. Amy, it's been a pleasure. Uh, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, so just a, a quick recap on the social media for Her Game 2, if you yes. wouldn't mind, please. Yes. Uh, Her Game 2 social media, both Twitter and Instagram, is at Her Game 2. Very simple. Um, come and drop us a DM, sh- you know, share our video. Um, if you've got kids and the girls love playing football, you know, send us the pictures. We love to see it. And um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for what's coming up. Yes, I, I, I certainly will be. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and on that similar vein, uh, social media and all that malarkey for Terrace Memoirs. Terrace Memoirs is uh, available on Twitter, at Terrace Memoirs. Um, and uh, email is uh, terracememoirs at gmail.com. If you've got any comments, if you want to come on the show, um, if you want to correct anything that I might have said wrong. <laughs> yeah, or me. Or anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a, a stats um 
thing, uh, but I do get things wrong. Uh, so yeah, by all means, um, uh, talk to me about anything that you really want to. Um, so, um, but no, Amy, thank you again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, yes, may the best team win next season when Reading plays Wandsworth. Absolutely, looking forward to it already. <laughs> and this is uh, Terrace Memoirs, episode five, over and out. <laughs>